0: Welcome to Movable Dough. This is Steve Danielson. Join me as I interview and promote living composers. In this series of interviews, I talk with composers about their musical journeys, their past successes and setbacks, and their current projects. For more information about this podcast, as well as a complete archive of episodes, please visit sdcompose.com slash movabledoe. Hey, this is Steve. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Movable Dough. My guest today is Russ Howard. Russ composes for film, television, video games, and commercials. He has provided original music for TV shows like Dollhouse, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Burn Notice, and Moonlight. He was part of the scoring team on the video games SimCity Societies, Army of Two, and Monsters vs. Aliens. In 2016, he won Best Original Score for the film To the Moon and Back at the Nice International Film Festival. His recent credits include Hobo with a Shotgun, Body Language, 16 Love, and many more. You can check out his listing on IMDb for more credits. Russ Howard, thank you for joining me today on Movable Dough.
1: Thank you. It's really fun to be talking about music. My favorite thing.
0: <laughs> All right. You know, I've talked to many composers over the course of this podcast, but I actually haven't ever talked to a composer in the commercial music industry. Oh, okay. Uh, so your bachelor's degree is in music production and engineering and film scoring, correct? Yes. Okay, but we're going to back up a little bit further than that first. So did you grow up just loving movies? Is that how how you got into this field? Uh
1: yes and no. Um I grew up loving music and piano. Okay. And I um had a teacher that introduced me to Chopin at like a pivotal age. And I was already playing a lot of piano, but um, something about getting into Chopin just really got me excited. Uh, really wanted to be a concert pianist, uh, as ridiculous as that dream may be. Uh, but that that was what I wanted to do as like a young teen. And I would practice um, all day, every day, just was uh, my favorite thing. Um, and then around uh 16 i started getting uh a lot of like nerve inflammations like carpal tunnel type stuff Hmm. and growing up in a small town uh you know no one really knew what it was the doctors you know they're like well if it hurts to play piano just don't play piano anymore and so you know i was kind of heartbroken and it, you know, it was like my entire identity was, you know, the piano guy. And so was going to school, um, you know, getting into college. And, you know, my parents were like, well, maybe you should be an attorney. It doesn't look like music's going to work out for you. And so um, I, I actually got another degree in another subject before I, before I did music school. But Um, it was around that time I got into writing music. I was like, well, I'll never be a great performer, but maybe at least I can still write stuff to just stay close to music. And so, um, you know, even though I was, uh, kind of on a law school track, I still did all the music classes and music theory, and I was still doing lessons. Um, I just couldn't play for that long, uh, You know to practice enough to be really good. So, but so that like let me stay close to it during that those years where I was like, maybe music won't work out for me. And then um, once I had finished my first degree and was like looking at law school. You know, I was talking to some of my friends who were lawyers, and they all hated it. They (laughs) were they they all they're like Russ you will love law school. It is like the most fun thing ever. And then you will hate being a lawyer, which is the worst thing ever. Um, and uh, you know, so I just was not excited about that. And I was spending every spare minute I had anyway, doing music. And I was like, you know what, let's, let's uh, look into what it would take to, you know, g- make a career of this. And so I always loved film music. I loved songwriting. I loved, um, you know, classical music. And so when I was looking around at schools that kind of offered programs and all the different areas I was interested, um, I just ended up at, at Berkeley. They had a film music program. They had like a music production program. They had a songwriting program. And so um, I was like, oh, I'll go, I'll go check that place out because they seem to have like a little bit of everything that I'd be interested in.
0: So is and there so, someone in particular that pointed you toward film and said, this is something you would be good at?
1: Um, no, I mean, when I would write music uh, as a young person, people would always be like, oh, this would be so great in movies. So, you know, it, uh-huh. it was in in my mind for sure. Um, but uh I wasn't sure yet um you know any like how do you start doing that? Like how does one go about becoming a film composer? Um but yeah it was I, I would say it was probably like early twenties where I started being like, oh maybe film's a way to go where I can, you know, write symphonic music, but uh, also have a job, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So were there composers, uh, other composers that you were studying that uh, other film composers that influenced the way you were writing?
1: Um, Very, very much. And I maybe didn't even realize at the time, how much of an influence these guys were on me. But um, I was a very big fan of film scores from a very early age. I would, uh, you know, I'd get all the movie theme books and learn the themes to movies that I loved. And um, so I I was very influenced by people like John Barry, who, um, did Out of Africa and Somewhere in Time. He did a lot of the early Bond scores. Um, But his writing style, um, it's very simple, very melodic. um, But there's this, uh, to me, this really nice elegance to the simplicity that he brings to his projects, at least the ones that I love. so he was a big influence, um, Morricone and his scores. Um, I, I, really loved his unique approaches to instrumentation, mm-hmm. also very melodic. Um, so those guys were big influences. And then, you know, of course, just rock music, pop, um, metal, hip hop. I really, really liked just about every genre, um, there are things that really get me excited about them, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, th- those guys were a big influence. And then when I was at Berkeley, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead. I hope it's okay. No, you're um, fine. I I interned with a, with a film composer in New York City. And he uh, had this great career of like he'd uh, written like the theme for the morning show and he'd done all these commercials and documentaries and um, you know, he had this, you know, really nice lifestyle. I'll just say, you know, he had a, just when I, you know, I'm like a small town guy from the woods of Oregon. (laughs) And when I got the internship and I, you know, Took a bus, took the Chinatown Greyhound from Boston down to New York City. I'd stay there a couple of days a week to work with him while I was also going to school. And, you know, it was like taking an elevator up to a, a floor, and the whole floor of this, you know, building was his. It was like the <laughs> big New York loft, and it had his music studio out there. Nice. And, it just blew my mind I was like oh my gosh like literally stepping off the elevator I was like wow this is incredible um but um you know and then you know my first job was here's my dog go walk him and you know pick up his poop and go grab me some Chinese food for lunch and um so it was very much grunt work but it was invaluable to see someone doing it getting paid very well and then you know be like you know what I think I think I could do this Mm -hmm. um I I think uh I think I could make this work and so that was a really great great experience um even if I didn't learn anything too mind-blowing while working there you know it was like He'd have me carry his royalty checks to the bank and deposit them, and you know I could just see like, oh my god, like this guy's getting so much money from doing this, and you know, uh, you know, it just gave me the inspiration. Yeah. To, okay. This this is worth going after.
0: So, when you were very first starting to write for film, what did you find most challenging?
1: Um, I think. Uh, most challenging, once you have, I mean, I think the most challenging thing is just getting a job in the first place. (laughs) Um, So I would say that for sure. But uh, once you have the job, uh, the hardest things creatively are finding the right tone for the project um, and then finding the right uh, music. And so I like to, Really explore the colors I want to use. It's kind of like pulling a palette together for a painting. And, you know, it's like, you know, do I want to use a detuned piano on this? Or maybe I want to take a hammer and bang on the strings and record that. And that'll be cool. Um, So, always trying to look for a way to orchestrate something in a way that's interesting. And uh, hopefully unique. And then um, once I have that, or you know, somewhere in the process, also looking for um, melodies or chord progressions or motifs that explain that that fit the characters mm-hmm. uh, in some way. And so those would be the the biggest things. Is just finding what the right
0: sound and tone is for a project. Sure. Well, going on that strain, um, my 18 year old son was super excited when I told him I would be interviewing someone who worked with music for the Clone Wars. He's a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah. Uh, So if I could just use that as an example. Uh, So when you get a project like the Clone Wars, how long do you typically have for a project like this? What sort of deadline are you under?
1: Yeah. Um, So the Clone Wars... um, is scored by another composer and uh, he's uh, amazing. And um, on a lot of these shows, there's so much music and so little time to write it. It is common for people to hire other composers to help them out. Mm-hmm. And so um, on Clone Wars or Dollhouse, um, any of those, those shows you mentioned, um those were all ran by another composer and then i was hired to help with the music um a lot of the shows usually you have like you're on a weekly schedule typically and so you'll get a cut and then you're expected to hand in all the music within a within a week Um, are you working
0: mostly melodic ideas or orchestration or what sort of things are you working on for that
1: Um, all of the, all of the above, um, sometimes a composer will be like, here are these scenes. Um, here's the, um, melody for this character. And so I might get like just a little hand-drawn sketch of like six notes. It's like, Hey, here's this character's theme. Uh Here's like a five minute fight scene where he's battling somebody. And so, you know, it's then becomes about how do I fit the action, enhance it, make it exciting uh or dramatic um but then work in the composer's original thematic idea so that it um ties into the rest of what they're doing or what other people are also doing. Sure. And so um, that and uh, on some of the shows, you know, I just would have like a little book of like, here are all the main characters and here are their themes. And it might just be like a two bar melodic sketch, but it's just like, OK, like whenever this character is around, let's somehow mess with these right. two bars, you know, even if it needs to be three minutes long or whatever. Uh so th- that's that's mostly how it w- would work and then with specifically with like clone wars um i don't want to overstate my uh contribution to that show i i just worked <laughs> on a couple episodes but um you know there's a large body of pre-existing star wars music and so you know, you're not going to go too far from that, from that, you Um, So I think in that case where I was talking about palette, you know, the palette is very firmly set in like, you know, big heroic space music, you know, Strauss, Wagner, (laughs) Hulse-esque type stuff. Um, And then, uh, so yeah, I just would draw from, from
0: those kind of influences for that. Sure. Well, when you're presented with a brand new project, like To the Moon and Back, for example, uh, how do you start your writing process? Do you begin working with character sketches and working motifs for each character as well?
1: Yeah. um, I usually, I have like a couple different approaches and none of them are foolproof, (laughs) but uh, it usually involves watching the movie getting a good feel for what it's about and then i'll try to pick a scene that i feel like if i could nail that scene it would give me an end to the rest of the movie um so a lot of times what happens and uh i just finished a project where this happened multiple times where i just wasn't getting the inspiration I needed. So I started writing all these themes and they were all really quite beautiful themes. But then when I started trying to work them to different scenes, it just wasn't feeling right. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, they all got tossed out and, uh, finally I was like, okay, like, let's just like jump into some silly scene and see what happens. And, you know some things came out that like ended up really working for the character and then I kind of from that had the bravery to go like tackle like the main title and the opening of the film um, but a lot of times I-, I would say it might be a whole week of banging my head at the piano uh, trying out ideas. And, you know, it's a lot like, uh, I like to think of it kind of like sculpting where I'm just kind of throwing clay up and then like, Oh, this isn't it. This isn't it cutting things away. And, uh, until I feel like I have something that's, that's good. And then the other thing I'll do is while that whole process is going on, I may, I'll just go for long walks in the morning. And then sometimes, uh, you know, melodies will start popping in my head and, you know, whip out the iPhone and sing them in. And and then, you know, I'll take it back. I'll be like, okay, here's my little chunk of clay to try out at the piano and see what I can do with it. And, and so... Uh, I'll do that, or or maybe sometimes um, on some of these movies. Like one of the pieces we'll talk about later, you know, I would read about a composer using a certain method for composing, and I'd be like, "Oh, this guy likes to do this type of writing," and I'll be like, "Oh, that's so different than what I do. Like, let me try that on this piece just to do something different than I normally do." And so, yeah, it's a lot of trial and error. I'm looking for inspiration anywhere I can. Um, And a lot of it's just working and working until it starts clicking and, and, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's it.
0: (laughs) Sure. Well, I, you know, I've, I'm also really interested in your work on video games. I've never written for a video game. Yeah. What sort of challenges do you face writing for video game rather than for film or TV?
1: Um, for film and television, there's always the movie or, you know, to inspire you. So you have people interacting, you have dialogue that you're like, okay, people are talking a lot here. I'm not going to write busy music there, but they're not talking here. So maybe I can be more melodic at that moment. In the video games that I worked on... Um, it, it's very, they're incredibly organized and they're, you'll get these giant spreadsheets that'll be like, we need, you know, one minute of winter themed exploration music and we need one minute of um, spooky Halloween town music and we need, you know, 100 different discovery bumps that are each like three seconds long you know so it's like you find a pot of gold and you know what is like a three second finding pot of gold music sound like and uh uh, we need a three second you know goblins in the forest you know thing and and so the challenge then um speaking specifically about some of the sims games that i wrote for um you know, there was no film to work to, they would maybe just send uh, a screenshot of artwork. And you're, here's, uh. like, the winter forest. And and so then it's just like, okay, I need to write wintry forest music that lasts one minute and then can loop back on itself. Um, and I, I would... So I would say, like, the loopability was very important in the games I worked on. So they needed... Like, wherever you ended a piece, it needed to, like, flow seamlessly back into the beginning. And then um, a really fun, interesting one was um, needing, needing to write with layers that could be added or subtracted based on the action in the game. Uh-huh. So, for instance, you would have a piece that you're just walking around... And, but bad guys show up wherever you're at in the world. And so then like a layer of percussion would need to come in, that's working with the music that's already on top. And then let's say the guy punches you in the face and like your character's woozy, and like all the percussion and everything drops out, but there'd be like another layer in there that's, you know, still belongs musically and then you come to and the music's back in um and so that that was really interesting so you would have a piece that would maybe have eight or nine layers that would come in or go out hmm. based on whatever was happening in the game uh so yeah th- those would be the big differences is right r- mainly for games it was writing to like a description on a spreadsheet yeah. and maybe a screenshot. Um unless it was like a in-game cinematic. And then that is much more like straight ahead film music where you're just scoring,
0: you know, a, a game animation. Yeah, that is really interesting. So since you work on film and TV projects in LA, do you ever have the opportunity to run into or rub elbows with any famous actors or directors? (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, um, there's anytime I work on a film, you know, they'll have screenings where all the cast and crew are there. And so, you know, I got to meet and hang out with a few famous actors doing that. And, um, you know, Uh, when I did Hobo with a shotgun that was uh, with Rutger Hauer, you know um, and I'm was a huge fan of his uh, growing up on movies like Blade Runner and Lady Hawk. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, we premiered that film at Sundance and, you know, I went to Sundance and was just so excited and um, Rutger Hauer was there and yeah, I was I went up to him and was like, hey, you know, it's so cool to meet you. Can I take your picture? And he's like, "Well, wouldn't you rather be in the picture with me? This <laughs> <laughs> was just very, very cool about it and uh, totally made my day getting to take a picture with that guy. That's um, cool. And then uh, I worked on a couple of projects that had Anthony Hopkins and he, um, he is also a composer. And I didn't uh, know that writes, writes music and, uh, he loved coming to the recording sessions cause he wanted to like see the musicians in action. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there was a, a fun time when I, when I was working with, um, composer, Michael Dana, uh, on one of his films, uh, Anthony Hopkins came in and hung out at the studio with us and that was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I bet. So Russ, I also read that you enjoy Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah. So are you fairly proficient? Are you black belt level or? No, <laughs> um, that's, uh,
1: I, so when you are a composer, uh, for media, at least the amount of sitting you do in a day is tragic. And so, um, For me, I'm always looking for ways to get some extra exercise in every day. And uh, so I did Krav Maga and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for a couple of years uh, every day. And I loved it. But uh, I found a lot of the body issues I have from composing and sitting, just aches and pains and stuff uh were kind of compounded by the fight training sadly wow. uh and so um i have since moved on to the gentler forms of yoga okay <laughs> uh now i'm much more doing yoga every day uh but yes uh, i i do brazilian jiu jitsu is so addictive and fascinating Uh, if you get into it. It's a lot of fun.
0: All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have a chance to listen to some of Russ's music. Welcome back. I'm talking today with Russ Howard. So I'd like to start today with a piece you wrote for an animated short from 2013 called Pugums. Yes. So you called this piece Finding a Friend. So for those that haven't seen this video, it's about a little homeless bear child who's run off and chased from place to place until finally finding a friend. So was this a a student project that you were working on? I I thought I saw something about a a school of art at the end of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a student project. Um, I um, did a lot of student films when I was getting started, um, maybe over 70 and um, this one was for a, uh, an animation school and it's a really lovely film. They did a great job and they were able to raise some money that we could record a small ensemble. So we did uh, a small string section and a couple uh, soloists. So in the piece there's uh i think we had f- one flute player doubling on alto flute and then a clarinet on clarinet and bass clarinet mm-hmm. and, and i think we also have a viola and cello soloist in there a- anyway and it, it's all uh you know mixed in with the ensemble but yeah just as such a lovely touching little piece and i, I was very very proud of it and uh, loved how the music turned out too
0: yeah, what was the process like working with this character, this little this little bear?
1: Yeah, um, I wanted to write something so that the film really doesn't have any dialogue, so there's plenty of room for uh, melody to speak out. And so I wanted to write a sweet melody that kind of captured the tenderness of the piece. And then um, on the piece... I really wanted to play around with with handing off the melody to different instruments and different registers. And Mm -hmm. so you'll hear um, the melody stated, not just in different instruments, but in different octaves. And I was really trying to use the orchestration uh, as a way to keep a very simple melodic idea interesting throughout the duration of the film.
0: Yeah. All right, well, we're gonna take a moment, we're gonna listen to this music, Finding a Friend from the animated short Pugums. All right, so next we have two pieces from the slasher movie Tragedy Girls. So this film is about two death-obsessed teenage girls who commit heinous murders in order to boost their social media profiles. So the first piece we'll listen to is called Best Friends. So when you're working with a full-length movie like this, are you trying to create melodic or motivic elements that will reappear throughout the movie?
1: Yeah, um, I included these pieces... um, one cuz i think they're extremely cool <laughs> um, but also just to show how diverse the types of music can be that you get asked to write and mm-hmm. so tragedy girls i knew was going to be a big deal i knew um, i knew it was going to be awesome and by i'd worked with the director many times before and so um, he's like hey we have this opportunity but you know the producers on the film all have their people they want to use and so i need you to you know we need you to write some demo music for it and so i the movie it uh kind of like calls back to a lot of other types of horror films like in the way that scream does And so there were lots of different genres of horror music that were present in the film. And so the the very first piece of music I wrote for the film was the best friends piece. Mm -hmm. And that I would say, you know, it's like 70s melodic horror, definitely my strong point. Um, And so that uh, I really feel like I nailed and it was, the friendship theme for the girls. Um, I recorded it. Uh, it was all, um, you know, in the box, as we say, just all computer, but I hired a vocalist and a oboist to, uh, to like kind of bring it to life a little
0: bit. Yeah. I love that vocal solo.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she, uh, did a really great job and, um, yeah, so that kind of was like this the 70s style uh sound and the, the theme for their friendship. And then the other piece uh was the main title, and that was um that was a much more laborious process. Um I probably I, I wrote dozens and dozens of pieces for that uh for that theme. And it, it was tough because the very first piece I wrote was so slamming. It was like this 80s synth dark thing. And it, it just was so cool. And, you know, played it for anybody and they'd be like, oh, my God, this is this is amazing. <laughs> but it had uh, it didn't have the the feminine quality of these girls that are kind of like bubblegum teens that also murder Right. And so the challenge was how do we make it girly but also murdery? And so, um, what I ended up doing is taking these aleatoric strings and chopping them rhythmically to go along with uh the beat. And and so, when when you listen to the the main title, I, f- I forget what I called it meet the girls meet the girls yes um you'll hear like a 80s a very 80s pop type sounding uh piece but it has aleatoric string chops spliced in and uh anyway i thought i thought that just turned out in a really fun way but um it was extremely grueling to get to that point with uh an entire graveyard of dead ideas (laughs) along the way
0: well i I did uh like how in meet the girls there was that that haunting voice in the background much as there was in best friends and i thought that really connected those two ideas really really well yeah
1: yeah I, i was definitely trying to play um a lot with vocals in in the throughout the film um we, we relied a lot on uh, sense, vocal work and, and then orchestra throughout the piece. And then throughout the film, I experimented a lot with chopping up, uh, aleatoric sounds and trying to make weird little beats out of them. <laughs> uh, just to see, you know, try to do something different. Um, but uh, yeah, those, those two pieces, though, uh, are kind of the most straightforward in their mu- m- musicality f- from the film.
0: All right, well, we'll take a moment here. We'll listen to Best Friends, followed by an excerpt from Meet the Girls. All right. So I have to ask one more question before we go to the next song. So do you have a particular affinity for horror? Cause I noticed a lot of those pieces that you have on your catalog are from horror films and uh, from TV and things like that.
1: Yeah. So um, my career is like developed in kind of two interesting career paths where um, I have been doing a lot of work for hallmark and lifetime movies um and then uh also doing these like indie horror films uh-huh. a- along the way and um honestly i i i just love the chance to write melodically and um you know hallmark movies really let you get a little self-indulgent maybe with melody (laughs) and then horror movies also let you you know try to get a little outside of the box sometimes in fact they you know they want you to be a little weirder and so there's a lot of fun in doing that
0: Um, I've never made a connection between Hallmark movies and horror movies. That's it. That's cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's just, uh, you know, the, the weird ways uh, careers slowly grow. So, um, but uh, yeah, but, but specifically with the, the horror films uh, I just, I have a lot of fun doing them and uh, that, I don't know. It's just a great chance to, to get weird and, you know try to think of different stuff you know like what happens if i take a violin bow and bow this thing that's not even a musical instrument you know uh-huh. i you know some people i have friends who you know they just go to home depot and you know get everything you can bang bow or stomp on and then that'll be the start of their project like how can i turn these into music no one's heard before and, yeah um and that, that's just a really fun part of the process is making your own
0: sounds and, you know, freaking people out. Sure. Well, speaking of which, the last piece we're going to listen to today is called Body Parts from the comedy horror film Patchwork. So in this film, three women are killed and stitched together in some sort of Frankenstein monster. Um, so were there any specific challenges you faced while working on this film?
1: Yeah, so uh, this film's a good example of um, me trying to write in a different way than I normally do, um, where I, I really wanted to explore motivic uh, writing more than a like a long form theme. So the tragedy girls best friends theme is very much a you know a long long melody with you know Chopin-esque accompaniment uh the patchwork theme um I just played with one very small motif and then uh stretched it out in a lot of different ways Mm -hmm. and I I think maybe uh I couldn't fully resist throwing in some melodic stuff in there but uh the the approach was to like create these small motivic intervals and stretch them out and compress them, uh, to create the score um, that you hear. And so that opening piece, uh, very um, very Bernard Herman, you know, theremin, the whole nine yards, uh, you know, old sci-fi horror sound. Was very much going for that classic sound, and then you know, trying to play around with uh, just uh, me- messing with those those intervals. You know, just yeah. how can I take a little interval set and move it around? And then I think uh, you know, uh, I-, I was, you know, I think I was studying melodic minor modes at the time, and so I was like, okay. And, you know, this is just all part of the approach is like every day I try to study something new. And so uh, while I was doing that film I maybe was reading how Bernard Herrmann loved not doing themes so much, but writing with, you know, motives or intervals. And then maybe that same day I was also studying melodic minor modes. And then, you know, I'd be like, that's all getting tossed in the blender while I'm trying to write for the movie and then you know I start messing around and I'm like oh this is like really cool and this is really working and so um I think that's how that all came about and so um not specific to the piece but you know every day I try to you know get at the piano and study something that i haven't learned before Mm -hmm. whether you know i just i have giant stacks of music books and i might go through a jazz book for a couple weeks or i might go through a you know 12 tone composer book for a while and um or maybe i'll just be like oh let's look at these old blues pieces and um and those all just kind of like go into the blender of my mind and you know come out as when the time comes and you know right right now i'm doing a deep dive into 80s sense stuff and uh (laughs) that's exciting you know and um it might be another day might be you know i'll play guitar a bunch and you know learn some punk rock stuff uh but yeah so anyway for the back to this piece, uh, those were like the big influences was uh, I was really looking at Bernard Herrmann at the time, interested in the motivic style of composing and then uh, messing around with modes of melodic minor.
0: So then it came together as a giant patchwork.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't <laughs> resist. <laughs> nice tie back.
0: All right. Well, we will take just a moment here. We're going to listen to body parts from the film Patchwork. All right. Well, Russ, what are you working on now? What sort of projects are you involved in?
1: Yeah. um, Well, so I mentioned uh, the Hallmark Lifetime stuff. Um, Every year I do a a bunch of Christmas movies. And uh, so Christmas season just wrapped up. Um, I just finished a movie for Hallmark called Fit for a Prince. And uh, that was uh, about a fashion designer who uh, has to design for the Royal Ball and uh, you can probably guess the entire plot. Off <laughs> <of that. laughs> um, so yeah just just wrap that up. Um, I have a couple more films lined up with them and then um, my my good friend, that directed Patchwork and Tragedy Girls has some great um, comedy horror films in the works. And so just trying to be ready for those.
0: Yeah. Well, if my listeners want to learn more about you, uh, where can they go online to to learn about you?
1: Yeah, um, I am in the process of putting together a website at RussHoward3.com, uh, that's the number three. And also, uh, I'm on IMDb for Russ Howard III. And um, I have some stuff up on SoundCloud you can find. And yeah, that, that's, those are pretty much the main places.
0: Cool. Well, Russ, it has been a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you for joining me on Movable Doe.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: My guest today was composer Russ Howard. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to your favorite podcast provider. To hear previous episodes, visit sdcomposecom slash movable dough. If you'd like to continue this conversation or share your favorite music by Russ Howard, join us on our Facebook group, Movable Dough Listeners, and follow us on Instagram at movable dough podcast. If you have a recommendation for a future guest, please email me at movable at gmail.com. This is Steve Danielson. Keep the music moving.